Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So do remember, guys, before we get cracking with today's episode, the more you like, the more you subscribe, the bigger, the badder the guests are getting. It's one of the reasons today's show has got such amazing guests is because more people are liking and more people are subscribing. Hello, welcome to Man Baggage. My name is Russell Kane. This is the safe, semi-safe space where we get boys together, drill into their holes of their brains and find out exactly what makes that brain tick. Uh, of course, the big surprise has been, as I say every week, the fact that over 50, I think I'll even be disappointingly 60% of our listeners are now female. I can only assume that the problem of men not communicating, men going wrong, men's mental health massively uh, having worse outcomes than women is outweighed by the problem of women wondering what the fuck's going on in men's heads, which seems to be more of an issue. Sometimes it literally is just a football and a picture of some tits for days at a time for some men. Not all. But for, literally just for about 98%, there obviously is there's 2% that do physics and shit. Anyway, what a panel I've got for you today. I mean, I've got, um, I don't even know how to bill you, Matt Evers, an engaging social content creator, online presence, entertainer. How, how would you describe yourself, Matt? Um, I'm a guy that likes to dress up in sequence and teach celebrities how to ice skate. Let's put it at that. But what I come to you for now is on your Instagram and your engaging feed and all your funny videos and things like that. You know, social media, I wasn't around when I started Dancing on Ice. And it was, it's been a really interesting ride coming into where we are today, learning how to, I guess, use social media in a helpful sense because it can be very dangerous. Uh, and, and I think I kind of take a, a note out of your book in regards to I, I try and be funny because the world that we live in right now is it's tough and it, it's a hard place to live. And so, you know, as opposed to taking half naked selfies and this, that and the other, I really try to engage in a more I guess, a real human sense. And I, I love to take the piss out of myself. But that, that's the difference now, isn't it? Because uh, obviously when I'm, I'm telling people who I've got on this week, some people found you more of a, like an influencer, even more than working in the world you're primarily known for. And, that, and it's the same with me. I'm, I'm supposed to be a comedian, but some people think, oh, it's mm. the guy from online. I'm like, no, no, I'm a, I live in theatres. I'm a stand-up comic. So that world's become so large now. And this is relevant to what we're going to be talking about in case you think, listeners, I'm going on a bit too much. That sometimes um, the social media can outshine the core profession. Of course. And I think the, that is part of our profession now. You know, I mean, I think you use your social media as a vehicle um, and it can steer your career in a certain way. Again, probably like yourself, I never chose to be an influencer. It comes with the territory and you have to 
sort of guard that territory uh, in a very careful sense because we do have influence, you know, and politically speaking, you know, I'm very careful with what I tweet about or, you know, put up on Instagram. And I think that's why I try and stay away from a lot of that stuff, unless it does revolve around the LGBTQ plus community, because, you know, I I, I feel like I have a, a good voice within that. And I've been granted some very incredible opportunities to be able to have a voice. Well, we can't do this show, just two men just grilling each other. What would normally happen here is we would have the female auditor would join. We have a strong female presence that can call to account some of the lazy, sexist stereotypes that normally, predominantly, I would say 80% straight men, the guests on here, would exchange their heterosexual stereotypes with each other while a heterosexual female then pronounces her audit of that's bullshit, sexist pig. But we're mixing things up today. We're on skates, we're online. And today's female auditor is none other than Ella, Ella Vadai. Uh, I, I can't bring myself to, because, because I'm a joke writer, I can't bring myself just to say Ella Vadai. So I'm giving it, I want to give it a more uh, French pronunciation. Yeah. Ella Vadai. Ella, thank you. Or you could say Ella Vardé. Be very, you know, on the, on the nose with, the, with what's going on. Hello, how are you doing? I'm good. But for people listening to this, they'll be wondering what the fuck I'm going on about when I'm turning into <laughs> Alan Partridge. It's because you look absolutely magnificent. Oh. And Ella is, of course, a woman. Yeah, of course. Of course, she's she's a woman. I feel much like Matt. I put, I'm a man who wears sequins, but I don't teach skating. I just twat about on a stage and sing songs. That's my job. <laughs> well, I'm just my, missing the sequins here. Uh, if, listeners are, if listeners are wondering, I would say fit as fuck and probably three beers. <laughs> I considered it. <laughs> Love it. Uh, that's where everyone was wondering how many beers. Uh, well, it's a three beer up. So today we're doing attention seeking something. Oh, this is why I've been introducing you in quite unusual ways because we are attention seekers for a living. Normally, I'd say I'm joined by Blah, they're a sprinter. But today is about attention seeking on all levels in our personal lives and our professional lives. First of all, although it needs definition, let's define it. Uh, Attempting to attract the attention of other people, typically by disruptive or excessively extrovert behavior. Uh, I should have had a glitter glitter cannon was supposed to fire off behind me. Sebastian, I told you, stop warming up the massage oils and prepare the glitter. Oh, I'm so sorry. Sebastian's, hot, Eng- Sebastian's English is awful. His thighs are so, they're so strong. So, I mean, I don't know who to ask. I mean, you're going to have such a unique perspective on this, Ella, mm. um, because you, in, the, in your job, you professionally uh, do what we could call performative femininity yeah so you saw it's no different from if i spoke french during the day i think i'm more than qualified to talk about speaking french and frenchness mm-hmm, sure. i'm interested what professor Vaday has to say about this question do you think men are more attention seeking than women oh god that is a tricky question i mean in my job like most of us here like we live to get the attention to to please an audience don't we so i, I don't know i think that women are more attention seeking personally I think men don't usually go out of their way to create attention. I don't know if in a normal job, I feel like men try to be like, oh, I'm just going down the pub, you know, just going to sneak out. So, um, I mean, my opinion on that would be probably men are not as 
Attention-seeking? It's hard to ask this with a straight face, but would you describe yourself as, as attention-seeking? Of course. Well, I mean, <laughs> but but once, once you're out of character, yeah. would you say that that is your natural personality? Anyway, do you know what's been interesting with me? Obviously, one of the most attention-seeking jobs you can do is the arrogance of thinking you can make strangers laugh. Mm. I mean, for fuck's sake, to stand on stage, no, no costume, no cast, yeah. no equipment, apart from a microphone, the arrogance of it... But the effect it's had on me has made me less attention-seeking in my everyday life. Before I did this job, I was the first one up dancing, loudest one at the table, a show-off. That's gone away now. Now I'm sort of maybe the second or third one up dancing (laughs) rather than the first. I think the whole reason... Like, I've been a performer since I was a kid. Like, I went to college, trained professionally, musical theatre acting. So I've always had a way to express myself that isn't myself, you know? So... Even though in drag I feel very confident, love the attention, you know, online I'm president. I think when I'm not doing this, I love to just sort of blend into the background, be very normal. So I do feel like I can personally switch it on and off because I think it's not really healthy to be always attention seeking. Like in my day to day life, I'm quite happy and comfortable, like boyfriend, dog, car, you know, all the normal boring things. So like me doing drag is kind of, that other side that I can explore and just have a laugh and just, you know, have everyone look at me and enjoy it. Do you think that's a bit of what's going on, Matt, is that some people who don't have, like, a proper outlet for it, it can become almost pathologised, like it can be an an illness of attention-seeking. Extrovertism isn't always good. I think we are in an epidemic of this right now, and it's (laughs) exacerbated through Instagram. You know, not so much Twitter, even though there is a lot of... Uh, it's kind of reverse attention seeking on Twitter in a sense of it's not physical. It's more of a uh, somebody just wants to mouth off. And, you know, I was reading this thing yesterday about how Twitter bases its engagement upon arguments and anger, mm. you know, and what we've seen over the past couple of years, especially here in the States with Trump and all of that is, you know, the attention seeking does go towards the angry part of America, whereas on the flip side within social media, in Instagram, it's all about that physical, you know, what you look like. And I, it drives me absolutely fucking nuts when people are like, hey, guys, look, I'm at the beach. And it's not, a, it's not anybody at the beach except their six-pack abs. I've lost friends over it. I continually defollow people or unfollow people when th- their feed is all about that. And I, I personally, I find it so interesting, the likes of Ella, being able to personally switch that on and off mm-hmm. um, and the confidence that you know, you find within drag, you don't have in your normal world, because somebody like me, I don't put on a wig, I don't, you know, completely change my physical appearance. And when I do, you know, need to use myself or social media in in regards to seeking attention, it's it is something that that it's just me, you know, and Russell, like yourself, I'm very much I was very much an outgoing person. I've always found myself very introverted. And that's why I loved ice skating so much was because I was the only person out there. You know, nobody could touch me when I was on the ice. But going into my profession now, it's like I do. I I really love the anonymity of being anonymous when I'm not in the UK or not on TV. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It's interesting what you say about the beach. At least you're seeing examples where someone's in a context where they could and should possibly be topless getting a suntan. The worst, <laughs> the worst ones are, oh my God. I in a public toilet. I can't believe how lovely my new sofa is. Oh no, is my badge popped out? What a shame. <laughs> zoom it. Zoom in. Oh no, I've got a camel tail. I didn't mean to do that. Zoom in, zoom. With a dog face filter on. You're fucking dressed as, you're 35 years old, two kids with a dog face on and your fanny hanging out on TikTok. It's so true. It's so true. And that goes viral. Why does that go viral? Mostly because we like to laugh at it too, you know? Yeah. Well, I think it's just because most people are, uh, are doing it. Mm. This week, everyone's turned into cartoons for some bizarre reason. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're like, a Disney like, character. Like, it's, it's interesting. I was, I was going to talk about social media at the end, but seeing as we're here, let, let's carry on about it. I mean, they've tried many times to shift an algorithm or have like a good news experience or attention seek in a good way people just don't share it and interact with it when it's tried it does not work i mean the the, the cleanest example i can think of is on stage so let's get rid of the technology for a second i've got a tour date tonight 90% of my set most of it mock anger it might be it might be something um, stupid that I'm, I'm getting uh, annoyed about like dog face filters I'm not genuinely annoyed it's just funny it's funny to seem annoyed it's much much harder to think of a stand-up routine that a thousand random people will laugh at in Dartford tonight the glamour um that's <laughs> that's about how how good something is how well something went I do finish my shows with that they have a structure and they build to stuff like there's some feel-good funny moments in there but it is, it's funnier to see that rage. It's more shareable to see it. Attention-seeking through anger, it obviously short-circuits something that's in human beings. I don't think we can just blame Instagram. No, you're right. I think that our entire culture is set up this way. You look at, you know, you watch the evening news or the morning news programs, and it's all about the ratings. It's all about how can we get people to watch the entire segment? How can we get people to watch the entire episode? And it's shock factor. You know, somewhere, I don't know, maybe 20, 30, 40 years ago, something's gone wrong. Mm. Yeah. But even if you are someone like me about figure, I mean, my contact with skating is virtually zero. I, I only know you, mm. Matt, through, your, through the content you put online. 
And yet, if I'm, if I'm thinking, right, name my favourite figure skaters without just saying Torval and Dean, because I'm British, I immediately think of the most negative story in figure skating history, the most retellable, the most biopic. I watched the documentary about it. I watched the mm. film about it. You just think of Tony straight away. You only, Your brain goes to one place. I'm wondering, Ella, if it's there's something... We could just say, oh, the media's done it and the media gives us bad news. But is there something in human beings where we're a bit... We are a bit cruel. Oh, yeah. And if so, if we, we are going to give attention to, to something going... Where something goes wrong, it's, we want to look at it more. That's a good type of attention-seeking that we're addicted to. I think we're naturally drawn to the bad stuff. Like, I can get a million great comments and I will just focus on one bad thing. And I think, as, a, as people, we just hone in on the negative... And I do especially. And that one comment can haunt me for like a week. Isn't that ridiculous? Mm. Every other comment can be like, you look amazing, you're gorgeous, you sound great. And one can say, you look like a man. I'm like, oh, how dare you? And disgusting. It's disgusting. <laughs> um, and, you know, I do feel we're not, like... We're not that bad enough. We, sorry, it's worse, it's worse you too. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I, yeah, for some reason, I do feel like the attention yeah, you that we take from it is just way too much, like... Interesting, there's a guy called Mo Gadot. He's, he's done an interview with Stephen Bartlett. He's like an expert on happiness. Soul for Happy, life-changing book. Both his interviews with Stephen Bartlett also have been on this um, podcast. Both amazing. And we are hardwired for safety reasons to see negative patterns rather than positive. For example, if we were to transport now back to the savannah, and the three of us were like, right, we're going out there and we're going to start human culture again. And we're only going to bring people who notice the positive stuff. We'd be dead within <laughs> two years because we wouldn't spot the lion. Mm. We wouldn't spot the famine. We wouldn't spot the disease. We wouldn't spot something that wasn't quite right. So sadly, it seems like we're built to go, right, what shit? And what do I need to do? So as soon as I'm on exactly the same experience, I'll be on stage tonight. There'll be a thousand people in this venue couple would have had an argument in the car park and that's why Dave sat there with his arms folded I'd be like why the fuck does Dave hate me and I'll be focused on miserable Dave even though it's because he's had a row with his missus or he's lost his job or there's something else going on but do you do you think that though that a lot of that can comes from this like nurture when we're children you know I think if you're brought up in a very positive home you don't seek that um validation from other people because you're already hardwired that way you know that's my turmoil with it because you know, you think of kids when they are attention seeking and they scream and they holler because they want, you know, something or they want more love from their parents or this, that and the other. And I, I wonder, though, if when those kids who have had that positive upbringing, if they are hardwired negatively like that, you know, I mean, there are there are like, if you really want to enter the nerdery of it, there is experiments online with, you know, babies that are sort of pre-verbal. And they will definitely react to patterns where there is a negative dissonance in the pattern more than patterns which are harmonious mm. and have like a positive. It, it seems to be something inbuilt to protect us. Doesn't mean we can't educate and socialise against it. Quite right. I wonder, though, if, Matt, you think that particularly because it's, it's an interesting thing to do to sort of skate around on ice. One could argue. <laughs> I mean, I, I watched the, the documentary recently of, uh, of the of the Tonya. Um, yeah, Tonya and Nancy. T- yeah, the Tonya and Nancy thing. And even the most muscly, heterosexual, it's so strong and the strength that's required from a man in figure skate is unbelievable. But there's still something inherently feminine about sort of gliding in a sequin bodysuit. <laughs> and when we look at when we look at me and I'm sort of ta-da, spotlights and bow, there's something feminine about performing. I'm wondering, is attention seeking 
sort of a feminine trait in itself. And that's why if you're mm. a bloke who likes to be the first one dancing in the shelf, you probably get more of a hard time from your male friends than if you're a woman that wants to, you know, be the, be the one that all the guys are looking at. I mean, is there something intrinsic in our culture to how we view attention seeking in itself? That's really, I've never thought of it that way. I mean, not as, I'd say maybe 95% of it, but then you look at the professional wrestlers or professional ball players, um, you know, they're not, um, they're the farthest thing from feminine. But let's take it into civilian life then, because we've all got, we've got three very yeah. fucking unusual jobs here. <laughs> um, if put us into Weatherspoons tomorrow, you're much better off being an attention-seeking woman in that environment than an attention-seeking man would be my yeah. guess. And I'm wondering if that's because of some sort of prejudice in our society where we see those who dare to express themselves. Is that toxic masculinity? Possibly. That's where I'm going. Do you know what I mean? Whereas the, the male ego outweighs the, or weighs heavier than the female ego. That's really interesting. I've actually never thought of that before. But... I don't know. I really don't know. Ella, I've got a question for you. It might not be an easy one to answer. Obviously, I like I like to feel like we're sort of post the worst parts of homophobia in our culture and all of that. But I realise I live in my little bubble of actor and gay friends and I live either in London or near Manchester. And, you know, the United Kingdom is, is a big place, not geographically, but culturally. So were we to drop you into, I don't, know, I don't want to be unfair and name a town, like Barnsley or Halifax High Street. Yeah. Would you rather march through it hand in hand with a boyfriend, an openly gay man, or would you rather march through it openly as a man in drag, which feels like a more... Do you know what? That is a tricky question. <laughs> I mean, I don't hold my boyfriend's hand anyway because I always find I'm a bit on edge anyway. I live in Dagenham, so it's not really the done thing round <laughs> Oh, here. shit, come to the gig tonight. My God, you're about 20 minutes. Like, when I leave the I'll house... I'll send you an, an Uber Lux round. <laughs> I leave the house in drag and I'm like, I try and leave, like, as quickly as I can. Um, I would probably, in that sense, feel more comfortable in drag... So that people I mean. were like, oh, my God, look, there's that. a drag queen and a man. I thought you might say that. And that's, that's fucked up Isn't it? when you think about it. Because you're doing a full mm. look at me performance. So one would think that brings with it more risk, mm. as it were. You're doing a, a social performance. Yeah. The thing is, I think homophobia is still very much here. And it's going to be here to stay for a while. We've, we've got to really keep working on it. You know, I still get... Even out of drag, people still will shout, you know, or say like, oh, hello, faggot. Literally round the corner, we, me and my partner weren't even holding hands and someone started on us. And it's just like, I think it's just one of them things. I think as a, as a gay man who does drag, I'm not particularly camp in or out of drag either, but um, you can still get picked on at certain points. You just never know when it's coming. So does that mean the female presence or the female image, is that more acceptable? Do you know what? Me dressed in drag scares straight men and they get quite intimidated because I'm tall, I look decent. Hang on, how late into the night are we talking? <laughs> We're talking. Is, is that <laughs> maybe 6, 7 p.m. Yeah. max? <laughs> no, it, honestly, Before they, I'm on booking.com. They, honestly, straight men will open doors for me. Like, it's really weird how it works. Like, they would never open a door for me as a guy, but I put on a, you know, a corset and some hip pads and some tits and suddenly straight men are like, hello, come in. Hello, darling. Oh, you look nice. You know, like, it's so weird. Women are powerful. Yeah, they are. Maybe that's what straight men need. Men with tits that everyone's had. <laughs> it could be. Did, did you enjoy the game? <laughs> <laughs> 
even thought about that. Okay, we're going to take a break there. I need to go and seek some attention out by the shops. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. <laughs> 